0: Before we even kick off the podcast, I just want to remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. Today I have got my friend, my co-host, my compadre, Coach Jack Dingus with me. Coach Dingus is entering his 16th year as a coach at the high school level, uh, and he's currently the associate head coach, run game coordinator, and offensive line coach at Shawnee High School in Shawnee, Oklahoma. Coach got his coaching career started while attending Carl Albert High School as a student assistant coach in 2005 for the freshman football team. He's also served at El Reno High School, Choctaw High School, McLeod High School, Northwest Classen High School, and Crooked Oak. Uh, in addition to being an assistant football coach, he's also served as head track coach at Northwest Classen, coach track and field at Crooked Oak High School and Shawnee High School currently. Uh, coach earned his bachelor's degree of arts and history from Ashford University. And he teaches Oklahoma history, Native American studies, and the ever difficult driver's education at Shawnee High School. Played uh, offensive line at Carl Albert High School, and won a state title in 2004 for legendary coach Gary Rose. He's also a proud member of the Oklahoma Coaches Association. Oklahoma Football Coaches Association, Oklahoma Track Coaches Association, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Boren Mentoring Initiative, and he does something on Monday nights. I can't remember what that is, though. Coach Dingus, what's going on, man? How are you? Doing well, my man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. The, the sun is shining today, so we can't be too upset right now, but... Um, Absolutely. Trying times for sure, man. But well, it, it's it's
1: nice, humid, and hot here in Oklahoma. I don't know what it's like up there in Illinois, but, but uh, about it, the
0: same. Probably not, uh, probably not as hot, but it's still it's still pretty uh, it's pretty humid. We had, we had some good rain yesterday, so it's um, burning off a little bit today. But it's uh, it's like I said, the sun's shining, so I can't be too upset.
1: Uh, well, you know, I think we ha- I think last time probably we had a good rainstorm was probably Memorial Day weekend. Ooh, so
0: that's about a month. So yeah. it's, starting
1: to dry, it's starting to dry out a little
0: bit here, so. Yeah, well, hopefully you get some rain here coming. Um, <laughs> hopefully. We uh, You know, first question I got to ask, and this is something I ask everybody, talk to me about, you know, you've been, you've been an offensive line coach for the majority of your career, uh, coached at some good programs, played at a great program, obviously, at Carl Albert. Talk to me about how the offensive line played a role in, in the success of some of those really, really good teams, and especially those state championship teams.
1: Uh, it was crucial. Um, I think, uh, early on, you know, at Carl Robert High School, I mean, we had some great, great skill guys. We had cats like J.D. Runnels, which I know you know yeah. who he is. He played yeah. for the Bears, played at OU under Bob Stoops. Um, you know, we had Andre Daniel at quarterback early on. We've had some great teams. We had a guy named J.R. Moore that played quarterback when I was there. Uh, Charles Hightower, uh, David Vaughn, Oku, um, Daytuan Lowe, I actually coached Daytuan Lowe as a freshman my first year of coaching. We had some great skill guys, but we also had some great offensive linemen. We had guys like uh, Billy Cox, who went to Pitt State, Uh, Dane Wise, who who played at Mizzou. Mm. Um, Trying to think who else. We had Jason Madonna, who's now a high school coach at Dell City High uh, here in Oklahoma. Um, Most of Coach Rose's offensive linemen are now high school coaches. So, uh, and you know, Coach Rose was also our offensive line coach. And, you know, I had the, I was fortunate enough to learn, in my opinion, the best O line coach in the state, um, you know, for for four years. Right. So it played a huge role into uh, going into uh, my career. Uh, You know, I coached uh, O line, D line my first year in. And, you know, I moved around a little bit, coached defensive side of the ball for two years, you know, at Choctaw and at El Reno. And then I coached wide receivers at McLeod um, and did special teams. But, you know, and when I went to Northwest and, 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 and Crooked Oak and Shawnee, I've been no line guy. So that stuff, that repetition, that stuff, the daily drills that we did uh, from Coach Rose, you know, um, I still do it to this day with my guys. So, right. Right. so it, I, I think it was a huge advantage being a player for him and the stuff that he did. Um, still translates to what we do today.
0: Yeah. I mean, I still – I can remember, you know, my my position coach in high school ended up being our head coach who gave me my first job. And, I, was, I mean, I still do some of the drills that he – that we did when I was a player. So, I mean, that stuff, right. that stuff definitely sticks with you. Um, yeah. You know, you mentioned, you mentioned your, your time as a defensive coach, and that was kind of one of my first questions. Um, I know at, at, at Crooked Oak you ended up becoming the defensive coordinator for some time. How and I can't remember, you know, I could be wrong here, but how how were you able to kind of balance being the defensive coordinator as well as the offensive line coach? Um, if you did. I can't remember if you did or not. How how if you did, how I were did you able both. to balance that?
1: I did both, and I'll tell you exactly how we balanced it is we had great I had a great uh, a great coach with me on the O line who was a young guy. Um uh f- my first year I had a guy named Nick Taylor there uh he did a great job he's out of the business now I think he's I don't even know what he's doing now but he was a GA uh kind of uh, student assistant if you will at, right. at the high school level with us and and he was wanting to get in the business and and he played he walked in at, on at OU played for Washington High School uh he did a great job I had a guy named Michael Holm uh towards the end of my run there at crooked Oak and he did an excellent job. he was a pay pay attention to detail um, you know so i I kind of oversaw, but they did majority of the work you know i we we kind of kind of did the blocking scheme and stuff like that you know being a two a school in Oklahoma, you know we only had three or four coaches on staff right especially at the inner city school, so you know um either Emmett Canfield me um guy named thad Cunningham who's now the a d over there. Uh, Mike Hom and then we had Darren Dean that came in to be the offense coordinator who later became the head coach you know it was it was about us four or five guys there and you know we just had to work together and, and be official with our time but the great deal was having great guys under me on that side of the ball where I could take care of the defensive side and, and you know so it was more of me being a mentor to them right. more than anything. So right. they did a great job. And I think Mike is over at Carr-Albert Middle School now, working his way up into the, the varsity ranks over there. And, and he's doing a great job. And, and uh, like I said, with Nick Taylor. And also, uh, you know, I had a guy named John Mitchell, who's now at Moa City High School uh, under me over at Northwest Class. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we, you just got to be efficient uh that's the best way to do it and especially you know when you're paint marking the field painting the field I don't know I you know I I was going to ask you at Fort Madison when you were the head coach there I mean I'm sure you guys had a lot of stuff you all had to get done you know with painting the field and 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 all that stuff I didn't know if y'all painted the field or anything like that
0: we did not so at Fort Madison we had um a uh a maintenance guy who would paint the field um and so he would mow he would paint he would do all that stuff that was kind of his part of his job description uh we actually painted the field more at Rossview than at Fort Madison which was a really? school yeah school three times the size but we would have they would have dads come out and paint on Friday on, uh, excuse me Thursday nights um, right so we would go out there and help them paint a lot and they would they would do it up now now they would get I, I can try to find some old pictures but we had we had one of the one of the parents um, who would come out there, and they'd do uh, red and black checkerboard in the end zones. Uh, they'd do you know they'd do fancy things up for for a certain games. So we would do it more there at the bigger school than the, the smaller school, surprisingly. So uh, yeah, we didn't right. we didn't have to do that, thankfully. But I have done it before. It's it's a uh, it's a pain in the ass. Let's just say that. Right. Leave it at that.
1: Well, you know when I when we were at Crooked Oak. Okay, so there was five of us on staff. Now, we both coach varsity and middle school. Right. right. We didn't have a JV squad because, I mean, we only had probably 25 to 35 guys on the varsity roster. So, and we didn't have a ninth grade bunch. So, we just brought the freshmen in to put them on varsity. And then, you know, we would play them. I mean, that's how we were at Crooked Oak. Some freshmen had to play. You know, if right. you were good enough, you had to play. But but in addition to all that, I mean, we had to drive the bus. We had to paint the practice field, paint the varsity game field, um, you know, clean our locker room, clean the – I mean, it was, it was all of us. Uh, I mean, we did – I, I did that for six years. I mean, we did not get any help. Uh, you know, for, we didn't have a janitor down there, so we had to haul the trash out. We had to do everything. And it was, it was a good thing. We had a pretty good staff that was very cohesive. Um, right. Guys got along because, he, you know, it could and, and, you know, my first two years there, we come into that situation. You know, they were 0-10 the two years before. Uh, Dennis McCray gets a job, and hires me. I, I come in. And that first year with me and Dennis, it was me, Dennis, Nick Taylor, and a guy named William Mancuso, who's now on the East Coast, I think in Virginia somewhere. And Nick and Mancuso only had one year of experience, and so we went to the playoffs. And you know, we went to the playoffs that year in 2012, 2013. Went to the playoffs again, and then we hit a dry spell where we were two and eight, three and seven. You know, just trying to get it going. And fortunately, you know, it was um, I, I landed at Shawnee. So
0: right. Well, you know, kind of one of the other questions I had for you was was talking about kind of that small school environment and and, you know your time as as a as a track coach how important was the how important was and is the multi-sport athlete to to those small schools and and you know especially even now at at Shawnee you know how important you know what what's what kind of role does that does that multi-sport athlete play for you guys
1: well you know um I think it's I think it's crucial uh I've been on I've been at places where um coaches don't let their athletes play other, or they try to specialize. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the most biggest disservice you could do. Um, You know, know, you're a college coach. You want those guys to uh, play as many sports as possible. I I mean, the way I look at it, you know, it keeps them out of trouble. Uh, they need to play every sport they can, and we're going to encourage our kids to do that. Uh, if, if they're a straight football kid, we want them to be in powerlifting or we want them to be in track throwing the shot or disc. You right. know, I think that works explosion and stuff like that. But back to, back to being in a small school like Crooked Oak, it was crucial. Uh, we had to have all those kids because you only had a certain amount of kids that would play sports. So it was crucial for us to share them and to have them come play every sport now keep in mind the football staff coached pretty much every varsity sport you know Uh, I was I coached football I was an assistant in football Uh, Darren Dean was the head basketball coach who was the offensive coordinator Mm -hmm. and then uh, Dean was my assistant in track or and then he was a co-head coach with me he did the girls and I did the boys right? Um, in tracks and the same athletes. And, and it was easy for us because we would encourage them to do that. Now, being at Shawnee, being at the five, a 5A school, a larger school, um, you know, you got, you got some kids that still just want to play one sport, but uh, the coaches are very positive about sharing athletes. Right. And I think That's it's good. crucial. Yeah. I think That's, it's crucial.
0: It's I mean, I've been at, you know, I've been at places where you get some of that, pushback from coaches who well this guy doesn't want to what doesn't want to do this and or or this guy shouldn't do this well you aren't kind of you know you don't know what he should or shouldn't do and is it you saying this kid doesn't want to do this or the kid saying it you know they sometimes can you know you know how high school kids can be and how coaches right they can push a certain direction or you know push a certain way and and sway somebody's decision. So it's, un- it's unfortunate when that happens. You know, luckily I've been at right. a lot of great places where all of our best players were multi-sport athletes or at least tried to play another sport. You know, that was the big thing for me when I was at Rossview was that we had, a, we had a, a, one of our really good offensive linemen who uh, is now going to end up being a four-year starter at a, at a school in Tennessee. And he was – his junior year he was going to give wrestling a try and he tried it. He made it through the season and he hated it. And so I said, all right, right, you're good. You know, if you don't want to do it again, don't do it again. I just didn't want him – I wanted him to try something different and not, not quit on it. And, and, unfortunately, there's too many coaches out there that don't want their kids to try something different. And that's, that's – you know, it's, it's, uh, it's the way of this generation, unfortunately. And, and that's – you know, it's not going to change anytime soon until everyone kind of gets on the same page
1: well i i I know you've noticed this, and you've probably been in a lot longer than i have um when'd you what year did you start
0: uh no you got you got more years than I do I started in two thousand seven
1: okay i you know you could tell a huge difference uh from when i i mean just back in o five even when you started in o seven um uh, I don't know when the tide has changed but there's just not too many football minded people anymore. Right. Where you, you get what I'm saying now here. And I'll say this. And, and, and if you got a kid that throws a 98 mile an hour fastball, and he's got major league teams going to draft him, I can understand why. Right. He right. Exactly. Football. You know, but you know, or, or you got a kid that that's getting recruited D one to go play basketball somewhere. I can understand that. Or, or, tra- I mean, I think track, football go hand in hand but now if you got a kid that that plays you know aau ball and doesn't have any offers on the table then he needs to play every sport there is I mean that's just my opinion on it and like you said if you got a kid that they at least need to try it and then if they don't like it that's fine I mean that's but at least you could go and say you know what I tried it right I didn't like it well, that's
0: I, just... I I I never I want I don't want the kids to have regret. I mean, I can remember right. my first year at, at Fort Madison, we kind of had we had three we had th- one guy who came out who was not a football player and loved it. We had uh another we had actually two guys that came out that weren't football players that that, that ended up loving it and became starters and, and one make, went an all conference and everything. We had another kid who was gave it a shot all summer, um was a basketball player, and then just didn't play and as soon as the season ended, he was like, "I should have played. I regret this so much and then we had another one who just never tried and was but that's the kind of kid he was, and so um it yeah. was unfortunate but it, it was that's all we wanted, you know that's all we kind of preached to those guys, and I'm sure you guys are the same way. Just give it a shot, yeah. you know, give it a try, I guarantee you're gonna like it a lot more than you think you do because you're hearing horror stories from. The one kid out of 300 kids who didn't have a good time, and you're trusting that over the other 299, and that's that's the that's the sad part. Like, don't trust that one kid. Let your let let yourself make that decision on whether or not you want to be a a, try a different sport. Whether it's again, and that's not just for football. That's for any sport. That's that's you know go one of the great one of the great things that that I can remember about my time at Fort Madison is our second year after our second season, we had. 36 or 37 guys that were going to be returners, you know, not counting the seniors that, that graduated that, or that finished the football year, obviously 36 or 37 yeah. guys. And I think 34, 35 of them were, we playing a, we were, we're playing a winter sport, whether it's basketball or wrestling. And so right. we were, you know, we were super proud about that. And that just, you know, it's, it all ties into the, the school and the school spirit and school pride and everything along those lines. So it's important.
1: Right. Well, and here, here's another thing that a lot of people don't know on the outside is guess what, when a college recruiter walks on campus, they're going to ask how many sports does he play?
0: Yeah, we do. You know
1: that, and that, and and that's a huge, that's a huge advantage. I mean, you you know, I think it just ties in with work ethic. You know, you're willing to try and you're willing to do whatever is best for your school or whatever. And, so you know, like I said, I think it's uh I think it's imperative that every kid, it, and you know another another fact, and, and I was going to bring this up was, how many kids' lives have been changed by play, playing a sport, right? A different sport or whatever. I mean, you know, you might think that you're the best swimmer in the world, but you know what? You might be a good football player. Right now, right. football, you might get a D two D three offer, and swimming, you might not get anything. Right. You know, I mean, you know, your life can change. I mean, guys, education ain't cheap, and it, you know, and I tell them my kids that all the time because you know I got student loans, and so it's it's just one of those things. If it doesn't matter where you go to school, as long as you get a free education and you're taken care of, right. you know, yeah. um, and that's a huge thing. Everybody's, you know, as long as you get a good education and, and it's and it's near free, then jump on it. You know, so.
0: Yep. That's, uh, you know, that's, that's unfortunately it's the, we live in the generation of, of, you know, I was just talking to somebody last night, we live in the the clout generation and they want to, they want to be as, you know, they want to look as, as big time as they can without even being big time. So it's, uh, it's just, it's sort of the way things go, but we, we, we've, we've oh. all got to do a better job to get past that.
1: Well, and there and there's guys in the coaching business like that too. I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of flash. And, but like I said, it's uh, I'm with you on that. You know, uh, you know, just be smart. You know, if you're a kid listening to this, go find find a school. And if you're getting recruited, you know, as long as they take care of you, you know, right. don't don't take student loans.
0: But, <laughs> You're, you're saying that from experience, huh? I am saying it from experience.
1: Now, you know, I had a hard road. I mean, you know, I, it was just one of those things. Right. Um, you know, I stayed at home, took care of my dad, went to school. Uh, you know, I started coaching at 18 years of age and, and I didn't even think of it as a long-term solution for me. Uh, it was just one of those things where I needed the, I needed a little bit of money, gas money to go to college and, you know, it changed my life. And, right. uh, because I originally was a meteorology major. And oh,
0: interesting.
1: Yeah, so I was a meteorology major early on, and and uh, couldn't do the I couldn't do the calculus. So I switched majors to history. And you know, my dad said before he died, he said, you know, you should be a football coach and a history teacher. And right. so I did that, and here I am, however many years later. Right. So still going strong. Still right. still going strong, man.
0: Right. That's awesome. Uh, you know, so, last last question I've got for you, and this is the doozy one: um, If you could put together, and you kind of already have talked about this a little bit, but if you could put together a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen um, from guys you coached, guys you played with, or guys you were just a fan of, uh, you know, watching the game as a as a a, a, a youngster, uh, who would be on that Mount Rushmore? Who who would be on that five man Mount Rushmore?
1: Uh you know, Kevin Mamaway might get mad at me, but I'm going to say Mike Webster at center. Um, Mike Webster played for the Steelers. Uh, he's, he's, when you think of offensive linemen, you think of Mike Webster. Now, these guys, our generation probably don't know him. You know, I, 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 one of my favorite pastimes is kind of looking at the history of football and watching old films. Right. And, and yeah. it just, you know, I, I think Mike Webster would be up there. It's really hard, Tony. I Golly, it's hard. Um, I would say uh, Gene Opshaw's got to be in there. Okay. Um, Gene Upshaw, I would have to say Mike Webster. Um, I'm trying to think of another tackle. Um, good grief. I'm trying to think of one. Um, Eric Williams for Dallas was really good until, you know, he could have been one of the greats. He, you know, I'm looking at his potential before he had that car accident. Right. Uh, Good grief! You're putting me on the spot here. Um, (laughs) Oh, good Lord Almighty! Let's look here. Um, I would have to say Gene Upshaw, Mike Webster. um, uh, You know, I'm I'm, my mind going through my mind here. Um,
0: You're not going to throw any Sooners on there.
1: Well, yeah, I'm gonna. Oh, you know, J.R. Conrad, he, you know, he played at OU. Uh uh, And and then he played for the Patriots. And he also does trench mafia here in Oklahoma. He does a great job. Him and Mike and all do an excellent job working with kids. And they don't charge them. And they teach them the right stuff. Um, J.R. Conrad, let's talk about OU. You know, Trent Williams... um, Man, that's so hard, man. Because <laughs> I can sit here and I can go on and on, and I could probably give you reasons why or why not. Um, I would say probably. Let's go with you know Art Shell was pretty good too at tackle. Jackie Slater. Um, yeah. Then you got Kevin Mamaway, and then you got uh, Cruz that played for, center for the Bears. Um, good grief, Tony. Um, Tom Rafferty, who was a guard for the Cowboys, you know, Tom Rafferty was the only guard uh, in Cowboys history that blocked for two Hall of Famers with Roger Staubach and Troy Aikman, you know, and right. Um, oh my gosh, uh, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, so, oh. Wes Sims, uh, what sticks out? Wes Sims played at OU. I don't think he played in the league. Wes Sims and Chris Bush, Kelvin Shashon, um, those guys um, were really good yeah. back when I was growing up yeah. at OU. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Kelvin Shashon. Um, Frank Romero was another good one. Um, Will Shields, who's who's uh, who played.
0: Yeah. Will Shields is Will, Will Shields has been argued as one of the best guards of all time.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And oh, I'm trying to think who else. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, John uh, played for Pittsburgh in the 70s. He was on the same line with uh, with Webster and those that bunch. I'm trying to think. Uh, John, uh, golly, I got his name last name of. The, tip of my I think he's from Oklahoma somewhere. Yeah. Man, there's just so many good ones. There are I mean, there really are. There's just I, I really I mean we could I mean we could I mean we could debate all day. I mean oh, we could yeah. talk. Because I'm telling you, Jerry Kramer, uh Forrest Gregg, um you know, those guys that played for the Packers that perfected uh Lombardi's Green Bay sweep. Um you know good, good night i can't think of any more i mean that would be I'm ron yeri who played for the minnesota vikings and went to four super bowls that had to block john matuzak and mm-hmm. and and all those guys up front uh when they lost all four of their super bowls you know um you know, the Bills in the nineties had some great guys up front. You know, right. Dallas. You look at Dallas, they had Nate Newton and Mark Stepnowski. I'll tell you what. Mark Stepnowski, he don't get a lot of credit. He was he was kinda like you. He was small. Yeah. And he played center. And you know, uh Mark Stepnowski and 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 Nate Newton and you had Larry Adams and you had uh Mark Toonet, all those guys. Mark Toonet was a former defensive tackle that that um, was backing up Randy White and they moved him to offensive tackle, you know, so there's, there's just uh, Mike Munchak. How about Jim Langer? You know, um, all those guys that played for the Miami Dolphins, you know, on the perfect season, man, I could go on and on. I don't know, Tony, that's a hard question. You gave me
0: plenty. So that's good. You got, you got, right. so you're good.
1: We uh, we we can have a we could have a history of football podcast one day and we'll just debate them all out and yeah, figure right. it out, man. Yeah. You know, Jeff Saturday is another one. I like Jeff Saturday, but you know, I don't know, man. It's just, man, I'm gonna have to sit down and think about that. You're making me think.
0: <laughs> well, you gave enough. So, uh, you know, real real quick before we get you out of here, Coach, do me a favor, drop your Twitter handle for everybody, um, and and uh, obviously remind them about the the chat on Monday nights for us.
1: Well, guys, uh, I'm Jack Dingus. Uh, My Twitter handle is at Coach Dingus. And you can catch me on Monday nights on the Monday Night Hog Football Chat, the number one place on Monday nights to be if you're an O-line guy or just a football fanatic. And we usually get started at 8 p.m.
0: Central. All right, Coach. Well, I appreciate you coming on and talking with me today. Uh, Hopefully you guys are doing well and and, uh, staying safe and getting back to – getting back to practice here pretty soon.
1: Oh yeah. Hopefully man. Hopefully. So. Yeah.
0: All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate you. Take care and we'll talk soon. All right, man. All right, see ya. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you like and subscribe and you can find previous episodes on anchor, Apple, Spotify, or any other podcast platform.